This podcast is brought to you by Microsoft. I always try to ask my future colleagues what their wives do, if they are all stay-home wives or if they are working wives, and, and I get a sense of kind of the, 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 the mindset that they have, uh, and that's usually very helpful for me to decide if, uh, if it's the right group for me to join or not. Welcome to the Techionista podcast. Hi, my name is Viviane Bendermacher, one of the managing directors and founders of Techionista and humble host of this series of very personal conversations with leading women in technology. In each episode, we will speak to a very inspiring woman in IT and tech. How did they get there? Which rookie mistakes did they make? And of course, we want to know all about their work. What makes it so exciting? This episode's leading woman is none other than Ursula Krilova. She worked at McKinsey, T-Mobile, and now she's Chief People Officer at Bloomreach. So here we are again at the European Women in Technology event in the middle of the bus at the Ryan Amsterdam in a glass box. A great metaphor for the glass ceiling we're shattering at this event. So Ursula, have you seen some interesting speakers already? Thank you for having me here. Uh, yeah, I find uh, just walking into the venue that this is amazing, the vibe, and so many women in one place uh, that is usually not my day-to-day -day experience. So this has been great. Because you are working for a tech company. So how is it going when it comes to diversity in a tech company? Yes, so we have about a third of our women uh, or our employees are women. Um, at my level, so it, in the executive team, we are half and half, which is a great thing for me. Um, in my previous companies, I did not have so many female colleagues. And I would say for me personally, it makes a big difference in my experience and, and how I um, can conduct myself and what I can do uh, in the team. We're going to address that later because mm -hmm. I think that's a really important topic to discuss. Um, but we start this podcast at the beginning, as you might have expected. And that is when you were a little girl. When you were a little girl, Ursula, did you dream of becoming chief people officer? No. <laughs> <laughs> what a surprise. <laughs> so yes. what did you dream of then? So um, my mom always laughs because I like to play with the mud. And that was my thing is that I would do something, probably ceramics or with mud uh, or something like that. Um, Archaeology. And uh, now I am really not with, uh, <laughs> good with these types of activities. So, yeah, life turned out different. But back then we didn't have iPhones either. So it was hard to dream of, uh, uh, you know, future in tech. Absolutely. And I, I had some guests who all talked about, well, some of them actually entered the world of tech straight away. But then they also talked about their father working in tech or their mother working in tech. Do you think having a role model is important uh, to enter this field of work? Yeah. So both my mother and father uh, were in tech. Um, so definitely that helped uh, for me. But for me, the two opportunities I got at T-Mobile and then at Bloomreach actually came from people that I knew through my network. So I would say that uh, if you can develop mentors and sponsors, sponsors are those that give you the opportunities, not just support you like mentors, um, that is very important for women. 
And my best opportunities in life came through my sponsors and mentors, really. So, so that I wouldn't, I, I, I need to stress that enough for everyone to, to really pay attention to that topic. Have you seen the talk of Jessica Hall during this event? Yeah. She was a previous guest and she talked a lot about sponsorship and the importance yeah. of sponsorship. So you agree with her? Yeah, absolutely. I think oftentimes we feel that our mentors are going to give us the opportunities, but not every mentor is your sponsor. So I think that's that's an important distinction to, to keep in mind. So I absolutely agree. So we go back in time a little. What did you study and, and what was your first job like? So I studied uh, management, so like a business, uh, in my undergrad and my grad school. And now my kids are teenagers and I actually tell them not to do that. Why? Um, because I think you can always do that at a grad school. But in undergrad, I really uh, are asking them to study now STEM. So science, technology, engineering, math. Those are things where you have some grounding uh, or biology uh, where you have a grounding in the sciences. I think you can always then make the step into management, but it's harder the other way around. So I had to learn a lot more about technologies after school. Uh, so I would definitely uh, advise a different path than I took. And if you are a woman listening to this podcast right now and you are in a different uh, field of working, a different industry, well, you, you might be too late for that decision. So you, you might consider to retrain. Mm -hmm. What would your advice be for them? Yeah, I think um, I have a really big belief that this is going to be field full of opportunities for women in the future. Because if you think about it, every single company or organization today needs to have a digital strategy, digital teams, e-commerce teams, and simply... We cannot leave half of the people that are, you know, graduate students or have graduate degrees out of the workforce. Uh, simply, we can't staff. Like the, the economics are not going to allow us uh, to ignore half of the population. So I think the opportunities are going to be so plenty, plentiful that that women will participate. It's going to be like you know, hundred years ago, men were doctors and lawyers, and and these days we don't think twice that a woman is a doctor or lawyer. So I think that is also going to come in tech um, because it will not be possible to keep it as an elitist, macho type of uh, environment in the future. And do you think that, so, so talking about a woman who is retraining, for instance, and she did something completely else. For instance, maybe she had a career in marketing or in communication or in the travel industry or what have you. And then she retrains and entering the field of IT and tech. Do you think she has certain skills that could be really useful in the world of IT and tech? Absolutely, because um, at the end of the day, what we are doing in IT and tech is we are solving customer problems, right? So if you were in marketing in another industry and you were solving customer problems, you probably know how to listen to what the customer needs. You can really understand what's important. You can solution around what is the right thing to do. You can build a prototype and again, listen to the customer feedback. So there are lots of transferable skills um, that you can have. Um, and then the hard skills, frankly, you will learn and you will relearn them many times over because 
you know, my middle daughter is 15 years old. Um, that was the year when iPhone came out, the first iPhone. So I quite remember what was the life before iPhone and after life iPhone. And there were professions that were not here uh, at that time. So obviously now, you know, you can be app developer and it's a normal thing. But 15 years ago, it was really not uh, to be an app developer for, you know, I, iPhone. So you need to learn the hard skills all the time and upgrade. Uh, but the transferable skills in terms of empathy, problem solving, listening, uh, synthesizing, succinct communication, those are things that are really transferable into tech 100%. Couldn't agree more. Thank you. You're now working for a big tech company. Why did you decide to join the world of IT and tech? So, as I said, one of my mentor sponsors asked me to help. And at that time, it was a Slovak startup um, that was trying to make it big internationally. And, and he asked me to help um, and pick up a few topics and, and help the company. Um, and I said, yeah, I would love to. I think uh, we should have from European space more successful companies um, internationally. And it you know, turned into a pandemic year, fundraising, getting the company sold and you know, everything around that. And now we are part of a US-based company um, that uh, still has the largest presence in Europe. So the largest hub we have in terms of employees is Europe. And um, now my mission is to really build a company where people enjoy working that is based on values, uh, that is based on mission, and where people can really feel empowered to do their best work. Uh, so that's kind of what keeps me there uh, these days and what I try to do. And you, you decided to join Bloomreach, specifically Bloomreach. Mm -hmm. Why Bloomreach? So I think uh, Bloomreach has a very unique combination of products. Um, it has a visionary CEO and that's been the co-founder of the company uh, that believes in culture and people. Um, and those are the ingredients. If you have a product customers want to buy and if you have a CEO that is dedicated to culture and people, I think those are the main ingredients uh, that you need to have uh, with something that, that can be very exciting. I see you have lived and worked on three different continents, is that correct? Yeah. So have you noticed a difference in the work culture when it comes to diversion and inclusion? Mm. Yeah, absolutely. I think there are some cultural norms um, in the way of kind of what's expected of women uh, in a society. Um, let's say when I worked in China, in the mainland China, really because they had the one-child policy, uh, it was economically not viable for them to exclude women from a workforce and, and, and still have the economic growth there. So you, you, you see women in every aspect, in every job, uh, quite represented. And then, you know, I've seen other countries where, where it's much less so. Um, and, uh, and you need to find companies that really believe in women. So I always try to ask my future colleagues what they wives do if they're all stay-home wives or if they are working wives and and I get a sense of kind of the the the, the mindset that they have uh, and that's usually very helpful for me to decide if, uh, if it's the right group for me to join or not. Let's talk a little bit more about your current job, about your current role, Chief People Officer at Bloomreach. What does a typical day look like? So you get up in the morning, you take a shower, you get a cup of coffee and then what? 
It's quite unpredictable, actually. So we definitely have kind of a weekly goals and quarterly goals that I'm working towards, um, kind of improvements that we want to do. But oftentimes there is a need to chat with someone, help someone, provide opinion on things. And then definitely at least 30% of my time I try to spend on um, talking to new people that are considering joining Bloomreach because checking culture fit, values fit is really important for us. We are virtual first, remote first company. So to get the fit right is, is quite critical. So I try to spend a lot of time on that. I saw you wrote an article. It's called Millennial Managers Can Change Company Culture for the Better. How do you think diversity shapes the culture of a company? So diversity, I think, has been proven times and times again that it can really contribute to better economic outcomes um, of the companies. And I think it's um, one of those things that if you decide to go for it, you should start measure it, you should put uh, in place kind of your objectives around diversity and go for it. Because otherwise, it's kind of a nice to have thing uh, that um, that uh, is is hard to prioritize versus other um, other objectives. But I would say millennials are really the generation that cares about diversity, and having 80% of our workforce is uh, you know uh, the younger generations. I see that day to day we make better choices because we have people that care about these topics. That's also diversity. So diversity mm. really leads to more quality. Then. Yeah. One of our previous guests talked about the affinity bias. So the mm. tendency to hire people who look like you. How can you fight that bias? Yeah. So you can, you know, do better screening. Um, there are lots of recruitment tools that help you uh, avoid that bias during that process. You can do, obviously, um, during recruiting panels. Um, make sure that the final decision is not only taken by the manager, but also with kind of opinion of others. So there are tools or there are processes you can put in place to um, to do this. But you should also set expectations with every manager in your company that they should hire uh, their own replacement and that person should be better and different than them. And if they start with this mindset, then the processes and things are easier to be put in place and adhere to rather than if they kind of don't have that expectation in their head. At Technista Academy, we retrain women to enter the world of IT and technology. Being a newbie in technology can be really hard. Um, it can make you feel insecure. Uh, some of them might have the imposter syndrome. So what is your best advice for them? I would say... Embrace it. Uh, a little bit of that syndrome is not bad. Um, it makes you work harder, maybe, and uh, you know, try to do your utmost. But at the same time, I find that women are particularly hard on themselves. They make they have a very high bar when they speak. They have a very high bar on the quality of output they try to do, uh, the level of preparation and everything. So. Give yourself a break would be my second advice and and just think that sometimes 50% of your standard is probably good enough um, and gives it will give you a peace and security about yourself uh, that will carry you that much further. 
So that brings us to the segment where we ask the input of our Techunista community via Instagram account at Techunista, women in tech can put in their questions to role models such as yourself. And today's question is from, and I hope I pronounce it correctly, it's at Casey Mika. And her question to you is, what particular habits should one develop in order to strive and thrive in this IT industry to be specific in order to become a female leader? Mm -hmm. I would say um, take care of yourself. So habits around mental and physical health are very important. There is a lot of challenges, lots of moving pieces, um, and you need to keep yourself in a good place. So sleep well, exercise, um, you know, meditate or take mental breaks of any kind that you enjoy, a book or walk or talking to a friend. And this is really important. Um, I think if you are taking care of yourself and you are in the habit of, of doing that, that's important. Women tend to put themselves last and then it catches up with them over time. Uh, so don't forget about yourself. Great advice. Great advice. We also have a question from our previous guest. Mm -hmm. And our previous guest was Jessica Hall, Chief Product Officer at Just Eat Takeaway. Uh, her question to you. I was thinking about this and I've got a kind of a little bit of a tongue in cheek, but serious question. So there's loads of debate about artificial intelligence, machine learning and the future of tech. Um, and so my question is kind of on this topic. So on a scale of one, not at all, to five completely, where do you think we are in terms of machines taking over from humans today? And where do you think we're going to get to? I think uh, perception is five, reality is probably three. Um, I think there is a lot of uh, lot more talk than, than real action, um, especially when we talk about really human intelligence and its really connected way. I think machines are quite terrific in certain specific tasks that they can be trained on, but replicated human intelligence, I don't think uh, we are there yet. Will it ever happen? I believe in human intelligence, so probably yes, in the future we'll be more successful. But uh, yeah, that was the promise also 10, 15 years ago. Um, but yeah, I think there is a lot of ethics we will have to figure out at the same time around this topic, which will be equally important. So thank you so much for being here today and for sharing your advice and your inspiring story with our dear listeners. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for listening and please check out our website techunista-academy.com. Follow us on Instagram for more and be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcast to never miss an episode. And while you're at it, if you would review and rate us now, we would really appreciate it. This podcast is a collaboration between Techunista and European Women in Technology and is brought to you by Microsoft, the company that makes it its mission to empower every person and every organization on the planet to achieve more. The podcast was produced by the editorial team consisting of Jamie Jones and Iris Behrens. Recording, editing and music are by Klaas Peter Olijnsma. Thanks to Sander Denneman of 1004 Podcasting for helping out. And I'm your host, Viviane Bendermacher. 